Hello, welcome back. Welcome back to Send Them Off. Welcome if it's your first time. It's a new season-ish, nearly. 19 days to go to the Premier League season after a frantic summer of football. We're back with our Premier League season previews. 20 guests from all 20 clubs. My name is Sam and joining me, as always, is my ever-present podcasting partner, Alex. How are you doing? Sam. You said we never, we you know, we're back, we're back. We never really left. We never, we, we really <laughs> didn't, did we? We, we never, we never we went. Filled, I think we had our last episode of the season about four or five. I was times. just yeah, three, four, and five times. There was just more stuff happening, so we just, we just came back. Couldn't anyway, stop. Um, but we are uh, back, yeah. and we're delighted. Well, we're delighted to uh, introduce our first guest, first guest of the season, first guest of this uh, season preseason review, David from the Blue Moon, the Blue Moon Podcast. Hi guys, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you for Good, joining thank us, you. David. So, no, um, anytime. So you're you're representing Man City. You are their representative, <laughs> representative on on sending Man City today. ambassador. Yeah, yeah, I do apologise to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. In the Euros review, we represented Wales, so you know we yeah. yeah. just got you just got half a city, so you'll yeah. <laughs> be fine. Um, Set yeah, your so expectations on the floor, and I can still I can still get under that bar. <laughs> don't still, worry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so obviously champions last year pretty good season for you guys um bar the champions league final if we're allowed to mention that yeah um, yeah my i suppose my first question is what i've been sort of mulling over every, i've been going over my notes with with man city and looking at last season looking ahead to this one my i can't quite decide if pep guardiola is gonna go look we won how many premier leagues let's go for the champions league and because we're not going to finish outside top four realistically Let's go Champions League. Do you think that's perhaps a possibility? There is absolutely no way on earth that he does that. Absolutely, really? he just he just doesn't do that. He, he the fact that um, I, take take the League Cup. The the, the reason mm. City win the League Cup every season is not because they've got a deeper and stronger squad than anybody else. It's because he plays the bloody first team in it. Mm. So like yeah. everybody else rotates the squad, and City play first team players with two youngsters in there, mm. and then everyone goes, oh well, City are in the final again, and it's because. I think, I, like with my cynical hat on, I think what Guardiola is is doing is winning as many tro- many different trophies as he can, so that when he leaves City at whatever, whenever he decides that is that his time's up, he's already staying here longer than he stayed anywhere else. Um, but he just walks away and he says, "Well, I've won you X number of trophies in X number of years, and uh, yeah, so what if a hundred of them are the League Cup? It, like, it, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. still it, like in a purely data perspective, he's he's just racked trophy after trophy after trophy. Um, so there's no way that he looks at the Premier League and goes, uh, "Well, we'll we'll focus on the Champions League." Because the other side of it is, how do you focus on the Champions League? That like City will City will go in as as a, a pot one side again uh, next season, so they'll. They'll, in theory, get a group that's pretty easy to to kind of get through. They can, you know, they could lose a couple of games in the group and still comfortably make it into the knockout phase. Um, so you've got the first, you've got up until at least February there where, without having effectively a meaningful game in the Champions League because, the, I mean, the, say what you want about the competition, the group format at the start of it is not the most exciting because there's 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 very little jeopardy in that. Um so I mean, assume that they that they win the first three games of the group, maybe three three wins and a draw in the fourth game, and they're pretty much through. He looks at the he looks at the at the season then and goes, well, we've got a, a free run at all the other competitions now until the the Champions League comes back in February. And they found last season that um, I think I think the reason why 
last season they didn't run away with the league as they had done, you know, a couple of years earlier and as Liverpool had done, a, you know, the, the season before, um, was simply because he was focusing on the Champions League last season. He was he was saying, we've got leeway in the Premier League. We've got this points barrier that we've built up. So let's use it. Let's let's allow the fact that teams like Leeds will come to the Etihad and beat us. Let's, you know, let's accept that we will drop points and we'll, we will go hell for leather and play the first team as we want to play in the Champions League. Then, as you mentioned, the final comes along and he, he, he can't help but scratch that itch of making things a bit weird for no reason. So I, I think I, I'd be surprised if there was a situation where City were, as Liverpool did in, in uh, 2018, were um, in the final of the Champions League, but not kind of getting close to the league. I, I would see it more the other way around that it's as... Uh, Liverpool in 2019, where they they won the Champions League and, and finished second to City and in by a by a point or two. Um, that's kind of how I expect it to go. And listen, they may they may fall apart next season. They may they may have have just as it happens mastered how to play football in the pandemic, and then all the problems that they had pre-pandemic come flooding back next season, and it's uh, uh, and it all falls apart, and they don't get near to the title. That won't be because they're focusing on the Champions League. It'll just be because whatever issues they've got are, are, are there and being exploited. So that's such an interesting point of view because it's me and Sam are both Swansea fans. I don't think I've ever thought about anything like that from that point of view. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like we've you, never I, had that luxury. We've never, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say but we've it, never been in a place where we've been so far ahead where we can think about okay, let's focus on other competitions. I think that's what the coaches do, and I think that's what you know the backroom staff are doing. They want to try and feel the same team so they can have that, you know buffer if you want yeah, yeah that's, I think that's such I, I an am, interesting way I, I am being a little bit disingenuous to the depth of the squad as well when I say about the League Cup side because obviously City's squad is is stronger in depth than a lot of other teams in the yeah. Premier League um, I think there's there's a very very big misnomer around City about how how good the depth of the squad is um, and it's it's kind of it's it's really I'm, I'm going to say it, it's really hard to, to say this without sounding like a spoilt little brat so I appreciate how it sounds to, to anybody who's not a City fan. But the problems that City have when they rotate the team gen- are generally because the, the, the chosen personnel are not in the right places. So, yeah, it's true that City have got two players that can pretty much fill in in every position apart from strikers because since Aguero's gone, they've actually got one now in, in the entire squad. But the idea that yeah it's fine you've got a you've got two 11s that can can all fill in and all players can move around and like Kyle Walker can play right back or right center back or you know Cancelo can play left back or right back and Fernandinho can drop into center back instead of defensive midfield all of that is fine except when you start making two or three of these changes things don't quite gel as they as they do normally and so City blow teams away when they play the first 11 and, you know, from take last season, they play Fernandinho in the holding role or Rodri in the holding role. Uh, Stones and Diaz as your centre-backs, uh, Zinchenko and, uh, or for a large part of the season, Cancelo um, and Walker as your, as your full-backs. And then uh, De Bruyne with um, kind of like usually Foden one side, Mahrez the other, uh, Bernardo Silva floating around in there. When you've got that sort of setup, it's very easy for them to blow teams away because it's working, it's working fine. But you you take Phil Foden out, for instance, on the left hand side, and you put Raheem Sterling in, who who had a bit of a down season last season. I'm actually hoping next season he'll have a, he'll have quite a good season based on his form at the Euros. Um, but last season he wasn't in great form, and so you put you, you kind of replace that cog, and yeah, the jobs should still be done the same, except it just breaks down a little bit more than it does normally, and suddenly that that kind of ninety percent 
error margin that City have where they win most games suddenly drops down to about 80%, 75%. And it just gives the opposition this little bit of a, of a chink of light. More often than not, City get away with it. So you, so you look at it and you go, well, it was a comfortable 3-0 win in the end. But they did it at Fulham last season. They, they went to Craven Cottage and he played uh, he played a, a team that, when you look at it on paper, was perfectly, you know, was streets ahead of the Fulham side. But the formation and the setup and and the inform nature of the players, most of the squad, most of that 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 team that day was out of form. And City come away with a three nil win, but it was really really tight up until about the hour mark when they broke the deadlock. And so. It's little things like that where they last season they ended up getting the bounce of the ball in those sorts of games. Uh, in other games, it didn't work. Like the Leeds game at home, for instance, City had a lot of the ball, but they were just not very creative because they were, because everybody on the pitch was pretty much out of form because they're all being saved for PSG in the midweek. So it's it, it's it, it, it is quite disingenuous to say City don't have great strength in depth, but they they do they just don't often rotate it very they don't often rotate it brilliantly there's there's sometimes chinks of light that that can kind of give the game away sometimes um interestingly you said about the striker that's one of the, i was i was like, just about one to of mention the points i've got um the fact that i look at the forwards and it's obviously gabriel jesus and aguero's gone obviously the kane rumors are persisting that there might be a gig uh, a bid gig. i can't speak Stick <laughs> another weekend. Your gigs yeah. on the weekend. I know. Here we go. I mean, we're, we're, anyway, um, yeah, there might there might be a bid. Um, how would you feel about that, or is that a stupid question? <laughs> um, well, it's it's hard to say that Harry Kane uh, wouldn't improve this city side because I think he would. Um, if I'm honest, wouldn't be my first choice. Um, I uh, I don't really like Kane. Um, who, who would be your first I, choice? I'd, I'd, I mean, you look at the way Haaland has played for, for Dortmund. I find it absolutely baffling this summer that City have... They spent all last summer saying, we've got the money to get to bring Lionel Messi into, into the Etihad and, and we've, got, we, we've got all that capability to do it. And they didn't spend that money. They, they effectively saved it and banked it for, for this summer. And so, again, the, in theory, they should have you know a, a nice little pot there to go out and, and get the targets that they want. And... Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Real Madrid, they, they're all having to do kind of different deals this summer. I mean, Barcelona are in absolute dire straits when it comes to the deals that they're doing. Um, and obviously, everyone looks at Haaland and says the release clause is there next summer. Um, so let's just hang, kind of hang on for that. And I'm thinking, if you're City, why not just go... Why, why give everybody else the time to, to kind of scrape that money together when you've got the money now to go out and, uh, and do it? I totally um, agree. I totally agree. I, like, I... I, I, I would say I'm a little bit, I'd be a little bit concerned about Haaland from what I saw with, from him against City in that, that you know, Diaz and, and Stones barring, uh, I think, about five minutes at the Etihad, kept in quiet over two legs. Um, but equally, you know, Harry Kane, he's, he's, he'll, he'll guarantee you goals in this City side. He is, he's a lot older than, um, than Haaland is. And for the money that they'd have to pay to get him out of Spurs, Given that the length of the contract that he still got, uh, uh, Spurs, I just don't, I, I don't see, I, I just, I, I don't see how the deal can be done particularly that well. I, I think in the end, City have to pay a lot of money to get him out yeah. of there, and that's, I, I don't know if. <sighs> it's weird because he won me over towards the end of the Euros um, when obviously the start of the Euros he was out of form coming back from injury and I was thinking is he is he going to offer 
kind of what Guardiola wants. Is he going to go chasing the ball around? Is he going to drop into those pockets of space or is he just going to want to be the fox in the box that he always is? And then towards the end of the Euros, he was doing all what I wanted him to do really well. And I was thinking, oh, maybe, maybe. Um, so I'm not going to say that um, Harry Kane was, would be my first choice. Uh, but equally, if Guardiola's dead set on it and the club are dead set on it, then, you know... It's, they don't get many transfers wrong. Uh, I think the last one was probably buying Wilford uh, Wilfred Bonny off you guys because we yeah. we we took we, yeah. we took we took an informed striker. Yeah, we took an informed striker and ruined him for you, and then giving <laughs> me back. So yeah. Uh, yeah. But one name I did see floating around just today, actually, before well, I say before a few hours before we came on with you, was um, somebody in City, like somebody in like you know the backroom staff or something, was talking about they'd rather spend forty million on um, Tammy Abraham. Oh, this was, yeah, this was Trevor Sinclair. No, oh, there we are. I, I didn't read the name. Trevor Sinclair was saying that. So where do you stand on that, Tammy Abraham? Um, I, I haven't seen anywhere near enough of him to say, yes, he'd be a great replacement. But I think there's probably a reason why uh, I haven't seen that much of him. Um, We've seen a season I, I, of him. Yeah, we yeah. saw a season of Miss Swansea. He's not worth 40 million. I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you for nothing. Um, just ask a good friend of the podcast as well, the football explainer. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he's not a fan. And he's a Chelsea oh, <laughs> Um The thing that strikes me about Kane, though, is so I watched City fa- a fair bit last year. And um, it seemed to me that particularly when Jesus was playing or they, they played with like almost like a false nine sometimes. Uh, almost like it was. I mean, it's a, it, it's a damning false. indictment, isn't it? On, on yeah. Jesus's season last season that they played a false nine for so much of it, given that he was the only fit striker yeah. for large parts of it. And he didn't get in the team or he played but, wide left. So I think although Kane is a striker, he can fit into that false nine role because I think he actually plays a sort of a false he, nine. He role can play a number, he yeah. He can even play a number ten and yeah. He'll drop back. You let Mora and and Son run, and you're gonna have willing runners in Sterling, in Foden, in Mares, in Torres. Yeah, you're gonna have willing runners, and I think the I, system will suit him. Per- I, I as an as someone who obviously you watch City week in week out, so you're better placed. But as someone who flits in and out and watches different people every weekend in the Premier League. For me, it's like a match made in heaven. Personally. No, I, I agree with you. Um, I because I, like I say, Kane will score goals in this team. Um, I think I, I think the one thing that I want him to, if, if if City do go out and spend the money on him, I think the one thing that I would really want him to stop doing is that bloody thing where he sticks his ass into the into the defender and tips them over the top, <laughs> and then goes referee, give, give me a free kick, and gets the free kick because I, <laughs> I I've, I've watched him do it time and again for City, uh, for for Spurs against City, and I'm sitting there thinking like. Like, you're going to cause a serious injury to one of our players one yeah. day when you do this. And it just winds me up so much. And then if I were to suddenly disingenuously turn around and say, well, he's doing it for us now, so it's quite, I'm perfectly all right with that. I'd feel, I'd feel a little bit icky about it. So um, <laughs> I, I think I, I think as long as he cut that out of his game, I can make I can make peace with the fact that they might spend 160 million on him, you know? Is it a fair oh, absolutely. Fair. Do, you, do you think a, a great deal, because obviously... As two Welshmen, we talk quite a lot um, with the boys about the English tax. So Ben White, 50 million. Raphael Varane, 40 million. Like, I'm not sure how that adds up um, other than it's the it's because of the fact he's because English. Because he's English. Um, and... Do you think because Kane is English, that that price is higher than it would be? Um, I think it's probably more that he's he's got three years left on his deal at Spurs. Mm. So I think that's that's the biggest stumbling point. I, it's interesting you say that because um, there was an issue with uh, City and foreign players uh, about oh be about two years ago now um, when Maguire went to United um, because going into that season City. City's plan was always to have Fernandinho to 
basically mould Fernandinho into a into a centre back. Um, but Vincent Company retired, and it threw a, um, a a spanner into. Well, he didn't retire; he moved on to to Anderlecht and then retired. Uh, but it threw a, a massive spanner in the works because they then had to go out and get another centre back. Um, and they they had one too many foreign players at that point because they couldn't go out and buy a foreign centre back based on the other players that they brought in that summer because they they couldn't register another foreign player they had to go out and buy an English centre back so they identified Maguire as the one that they wanted um, and then they went to Leicester and Leicester said well actually we'll we don't want seventy million we want eighty million and United were perfectly happy to pay that and City had set their valuation at seventy and they couldn't sort out a deal between the two sides and that was another one of those situations where I personally don't think Maguire would have been the answer to City's problems that season but if the club did and the board did why not just pay the extra ten million because they've got you over a barrel you can't you can't go out and negotiate for someone like Varane for instance because they, you can't sign another foreign player. Um, unless you get rid of a foreign player, well, you know, if you're getting rid of a, if you're getting rid of Otamendi at that point, for for instance, then you're still in the same same boat. You're still one centre back down. Mm. Um, so uh, there is something in it, and I think it has to be a very specific set of circumstances. Uh, but I think it's more a homegrown tax than a than a specifically English tax. Um, and I think City are one of the teams that are more likely to fall foul of it simply because of the number of foreign players that they've brought in over the over the last kind of 10, 12 years or so compared to to where they were at, you know, 15 years ago. 15 years ago, they had a lot of players coming through the academy because they were <laughs> they had they had like 15 fit senior players, and so they needed like youngsters to 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 whack on the bench. Um so it's things have changed. I do think there is an element of of uh, homegrown tax. Um, I don't think that much of it is 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 on Kane though this summer. I think it's largely because of his contract and and how long he's uh, he's got left on it. Um, and I, that I think is the big stumbling block because effectively Spurs can stick a blank check in front of uh, City and say, look, you know, stick your signature on that, and we'll come up with a number a bit later on. Yeah, I think to be fair though with Kane, in regards to like the English tax, I think a large part of Kane's price tag is justified. He was incredible last year. I would have said the same thing because we were talking earlier about him playing the number 10 role, the you know false nine role. You've got to remember, he wasn't just top scorer. He had the most assists in the league yeah. as well. So he has, he did, I think he's he fully justified. He did a Tottenham team which looked pretty, pretty dire at times. Bang, bang yeah. average. <laughs> yeah. Most of the season, dire quite, you know, yeah. quite a bit. Excuse the pun, Eric. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, just quickly, because I feel like we're wrapping up. We're on the twenty-minute mark. I keep, I see. We keep to our word. Yeah. <laughs> we said we keep you twenty minutes. We we keep you twenty minutes. Um, player to watch this season. Oh, that's a shout. Um, I wish I thought about that before uh, <laughs> before we've done this. Um, there is. I honestly, there's a there's a few. You've got you know Phil. Everyone talks about Phil Ford, and you spoke a bit about you'd like to see Raheem Sterling do well. I feel like anybody that's not obvious, because yeah. I personally feel like John Stones is going to have a really good season this year. I hope he does. I hope he does. Uh, just off off how good he was last season. Um, I mean, I I have a I have a real soft spot for for Stones uh, because he was he was great when he signed, and he he, he you know he, he came under a lot of pressure from. Um, opposition fans from uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people in the press as well uh basically for for giving the ball away when when trying to pass it out um and it's 
I, I felt a bit for him because he was in a defence at times that that often had uh, that was a back three with with you know uh, two fullbacks, him and Claudio Bravo. Claudio Bravo for in, for um, just for for uh, outlining how bad he was at times. He's the only goalkeeper I've ever seen in uh, football history where he comes off his line and the goal gets bigger. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how he does it, but he, the number of times he came off the line to face a one-on-one, and you thought, well, it's just going to slot it into that massive empty space at the side of it. <laughs> Uh, and then he did. So uh, that that was always an issue. And so Stones gives the ball away and then, you know, two minutes later, it's in, in the back of City's net and he gets pressure. Or maybe he should just clear it as if Guardiola wasn't trying to build something at City. Um, and then he was doing really, really well. He started 17-18, uh, the 100-point season, really well. He started 18-19 uh, really well. Um, and then just disappeared off the face of the earth when the running came in and or dropped out of form and, and, and dropped out of favour towards the end of the season. And then uh, 1920, um, when Liverpool won the title and certainly went out of the Champions League to Lyon in that, that, that daft pandemic tournament, that was actually quite good in the end. Um, <laughs> the fact that they, they played a crucial Champions League quarterfinal uh, and Eric Garcia, who had already said at that point, I want to leave, was picked ahead of him. You're thinking there's, there's no way back for this guy. He's like he's, he has to be done at the club. Um, and then over the summer, the club were, were, were saying, "Look, we we just leave. We like we we've, we've got a couple of offers for you. Here here's what they are. Just just go. Will you just please just leave?" Um, and he went, "No, I want to stay and fight for my place." And then he got his chances in the Champions League squad when it was rotated in the in the group stage. Uh, he played his way into the first team and it was like, well, okay, so he's played really well over these three or four games and now it's the Manchester derby and Guardiola's got a decision to make. He either drops him and says, you know, I've got no faith in you or, you know, he goes with his word that all season when he's been saying, I pick players based on form and not based on, on reputation. There's only one thing you can do is pick him and he picked him and he kept a clean sheet and they kept doing that with Diaz all the way through the season. Um, and then he had a really good Euros for England. And so I'm hoping he comes back and he just absolutely storms it and he's got his confidence back and he's he's looking really good again. I think now that I've, I've had time to waffle for a bit as well, the other one I'd say to watch, because um, I was I was engaging my brain at the same time and thinking, who the hell can I can I see the cogs turning. Yeah, I, can see um, I, I, I would say Alexander Zinchenko. Um, good because he, he he's not a left back. He, he, he came to City as an attacking midfielder and uh, he plays for Ukraine as an attacking midfielder and anybody who would, would sign him as a, a, as a new signing from City, he would be an attacking midfielder. Um, but he's a left-back at City because that's, that's where he gets into the team. He isn't going to get in front of, of Bernardo Silva or Kevin De Bruyne or, or Phil Foden or whoever. Um, and so he hasn't grumbled about it. He's got down and knuckled down and said, right, what, what do I need to do to make myself a good left-back? And he's been... A little shaky at times, but more often than not, in the big games, he's the one that that fans would pick, and he's the one that Guardiola picks. And more often than not, he does the job that's that's asked of him. He has a couple of stinkers every season. He had an absolute howler um, a couple of years ago at Southampton, um, and uh, then again the year after actually at Southampton as, as as well. But then you know he play he comes up against Chelsea and plays a plays a really good game. Okay, not the not the Champions League final, but none of them were good that night. But that's the sort of thing that he does. Um, he gets up and down the line. He's got a he's got a fairly decent delivery on him. I mean, Mendy's got a better delivery, but he, he ain't getting in the team, purple hair or not. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and, and Cancelo is Cancelo's good at left back, but he is a right back and he plays much better as as, as a right back, and that gives that gives Walker a little bit of uh, of a problem as well. Um, but Sinchenko is 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 one of those that I think um, as a neutral. 
he could be quite interesting to watch because he doesn't do the left-back role normally. He doesn't get up and down the line like you'd expect a left-back to. He gets up when he needs to and, and supports Sterling on the outside. Um, or he tucks inside as a, as a holding midfielder sometimes and it, it, and it looks quite like a, a strange shift of, of position. Uh, but I think Zinchenko, after, after three or four years of kind of being in and out of the team, I think he's due a big season and I really hope he has it as well. Hmm. Yeah. Solid answer. Good oh, answer. Yeah. Just quickly to add, mine was Ferran Torres. He really, really impressed. Oh yeah, me. can I say that as well? <laughs> Why not? Get them all. Why not? Get them all. Because yeah. he, he had a, he had a good he had a good end to the season, and he wasn't bad mm. in the Euros either. So he yeah, really, really impressed me in the Euros. Like yeah. really, really impressed me. So um, yeah, he's my he's my one to watch. For me, anyway. probably well, just just because I thought well, me and Sam both we we were singing the praises of Diaz all season last week, we? and I'd like to see him establish himself properly this season as you know. The centre half for City. Yeah, yeah. I think Alex as well. If you cover your eyes up, uh, I reckon. You've got, <laughs> I reckon you've got Diaz's chin. I might do. <laughs> there we are. So send him off. Look alike. There we are. Yeah, exactly. With no eyes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Ruben Diaz. There we are. If we're ever stuck for a guest, right? We just. I just put a, put an accent yeah. on or something. Yeah. So, so I'm not going to do that. Well, how's your Portuguese? <laughs> what? What? Like Mourinho? What did he say? Something like that. I, mean, I can't remember. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, I think... Um, Before this gets yeah. offensive. Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry to hijack the end of your show. I didn't mean... I don't <laughs> don't mean worry. Right. Right. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I think that brings us to the end of our first Premier League review. It's, uh, what a milestone. First one, 19 yeah. to go. <laughs> Amazing. We'll right. Get through it. Here we yeah, go. Yeah. Um, they, they can only get better from here, I think. <laughs> no, yeah. I, this yeah. has been no, a pleasure. It's been a good one. This has been, been an absolute one. pleasure. Yeah, um, thank you again for joining us, David. Um, do you want to tell the listeners... if? anybody listening where where, where uh, they can find your podcast uh yeah just search blue moon podcast um it's it's out every friday uh i also do the athletics uh city podcast why always us uh that's out every monday or tuesday or whenever sam lee's available sam lee's the uh, athletic city correspondent um so that one's a little bit more flexible whenever whenever he's around it's that's usually start a week blue moon's end of the week uh but just stick it in google you'll find it it's uh, it's not hard to find sweet good uh, excellent Thank you again for joining us. Uh, and thank you for listening. Anybody who's out there. <laughs> Just somewhere. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll be back tomorrow, actually, with uh, the second preseason preview, which is Liverpool, the uh, possible challengers to City's title. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. We've been Send Them Off. You can find us on Instagram at Send Them Off Podcast, Twitter at Send Them Off Pod, and anywhere else if you just follow our personals all that nonsense (laughs) you know the score you know the score we said it enough yeah anyway uh thank you for joining us we'll see you soon